1: The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Raising it! Levine! Does it again! The cross over. Get out the way, Trey Young!
2: Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast from the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell, as always. I'm here with Jason Pat. we got two very special guests with us today, Laro and Chris from the Bulls 101 podcast. They've been doing an awesome podcast all season, uh, so they're going to jump on with us to talk about the state of the team. But first, I wanted to give uh, a quick mention to my buddy, Jason Ozen 2, Jonathan Charks of The Ringer, got diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, uh, announced it yesterday, just absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, John and I have been friends for almost the last 10 years. He used to crash at my place when he would cover the McDonald's All-American game. Uh, We've been really tight for a long time. He has a one-year-old son in Dallas. So I just want to say, John, we're praying for you. We're really hoping you can beat this. And uh, we're we're thinking about you, buddy. So uh, with that, let's talk about the Bulls on a little lighter subject. Uh, Bulls? Coming off one of their biggest wins of the season last night, a 110 102 victory over the Miami Heat. This win came two days later after the Bulls made a furious second half comeback against the Heat in Miami on Saturday night, but still fell to the Heat 106 101. So the Bulls split those two games with the Heat. Let's be honest, guys, that was about the best we could have possibly hoped for coming into those two games. And it gave the Bulls some new life, sort of, in their hopes. For the playing tournament. So as it stands right now, the Bulls are the 11 seed, one game behind the 10 seed, which is currently the Washington Wizards, who just snapped an eight game winning streak last night with a loss to the Spurs. The Wizards are 27 and 34, uh, and the Bulls are 26 and 35. So uh, I believe the Bulls. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I think they have 11 games left on the schedule. Uh, is anyone want yes. to check me on that? Yes. True. Fact check true, 11 games left on the schedule. So every single game is pretty much, it's going to feel like a must win. Uh, from this point out, the Bulls have a pretty tough schedule, starting with a game against the Knicks. Tomorrow, Jason and I are going to be doing a locker room pod after that. That's a national TV game. No, it's not.
3: They took it off national TV. The Dicks haven't even realized it. Last week, they apparently announced they booted Bulls-Knicks from ESPN. I had no idea because I thought it was going to be, and then someone told me on Twitter that they had kicked it off last week, and I was like, "What the shit? Why did they do this?" I mean, the game like, matters, and it's still Bulls and Knicks. I think they put Lakers Wizards on instead. If i um, that might be wrong, but yeah, I had no idea. And someone was like, "Yo," when we when I announced that we were going to do this locker room after the game tomorrow. This one was like, "Yo, sorry. Like, hopefully this doesn't like ruin your thing." But they're not on national TV anymore. But,
2: anyways, go ahead. <laughs> well, I didn't even know that. So yeah. You're very new to me. Anyways. Bulls-Knicks, I mean, probably the, probably the game of the year. My buddy John Wilms tweeted it's a little Super Bowl unto itself, Bulls versus Knicks, with all the ex-Bulls on New York this year. So that'll be a really fun game. Uh, then they got Milwaukee, Atlanta, Philly. They got Charlotte, Boston, Detroit, Brooklyn, Toronto, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and that's it. That's the end of the season. So we'll see how many, uh like, full rosters they're facing as they go through the end of the schedule. But – Man, uh, this is going to be quite the stretch run. And because of the advent of the play-in tournament, we're all still invested in the Chicago Bulls on April 27th. Who would have thought, even though they're still sitting, uh, way below 500 at 26 and 35. So, uh, I just think we should start off with how we're feeling about the team right now. I'm going to start with Laro. Uh, just how you feeling about the Bulls? I guess that was a good win last night. You can talk about that. You can talk about, you know, what's ever currently on your heart and on your mind when it comes to the Chicago Bulls. How are you feeling about the squad?
4: Man, where do I start? Uh, Well, for me, I mean, honestly, for us to still be in a conversation of trying to get into the playoffs, playing games, that's a win for me because honestly, coming into the season, I didn't know what to expect. Um and then obviously with Zach going down with COVID it's been tough. Um and by the way, when when is Zach supposed to be back? Do we know that? I maybe the Bucks game, I think was I
3: think Bucks game would be like 15 days after. Okay. Like right, that's right around the two week mark and like I would hope he would be back then. So I'm thinking I know he's definitely out against the Knicks and then I'm hoping Bucks on Friday that he'll be back. But we'll see. I I don't think we know we know definitely yet. Okay, okay, perfect.
4: Well, okay, if he comes back against Milwaukee um, uh, that makes it even better. But um, offensively, I'm not worried uh, coming into the season. Um, even with Zach um, and the type of offense that Billy was going to be running, I wasn't really worried because I knew it was going to be a lot of ball movement, a lot of um, a lot of cutting. Um, it, it, I wasn't worried. I knew we were going to figure things out. And then when we added Vooch uh, once again and just added on to it, I, I, I'm, I'm offensively I'm not worried at all. Um. Defensively is where my biggest uh problem is with this team. Um there it, it has to get it has to get better. Especially if you're gonna build your team around Levine and Vooch. It just it just has to be better. Um wing death, um that's a need and you know, guys that you know, two way guys, to be honest with you. I know the best guy we have right now, um you know, it's Gary Temple and I mean I don't know if we wanna depend on GT um going forward. But uh yeah man, I mean, overall I can't I, you know, you could be mad, you could you could be a little frustrated. But overall, man, I'm I'm cool, man. We're 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 fighting, you know, and uh who knows, man, if we get Zach back it could get real fun. Could get real
2: fun. How you feeling, Chris?
5: Feel the same. I mean Billy Donovan, I think, has done a great job of generating open looks for the team. And obviously, Zach has had an offensive explosion this year. And, you know, they've they've, uh, they've done pretty well considering he's been out. I've actually been pretty impressed on both ends of the ball, even though there's been some tough losses in there. As you said, Ricky, you know, one-on-one against the Heat is a pretty good, pretty good outcome, considering that one of those losses – uh, almost turned into a victory, but Denzel Valentine a uh, he he <laughs> snatched the jaws of victory from <laughs> victory from the jaws of defeat. Snatched no, he's the opposite. Snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. I had to get this right. I had to get this right. So that was pretty fun, but yeah, I, I think you kind of see after the trade that this team is unfinished. and AK said that's unfinished. He said that there's more work to do. I'm really. I'm excited to see if we can get in the playoffs. It'd be fun, but the off season is really where I'm interested in because it's I want to see where AK takes this roster. There's clear needs, as Laro said, defensively, on the wing, at the point of attack. We struggled all year long. Our our defense, interior defense, has not improved. Although Tice was all over the place in Miami, and he's done a really really great job so far. Vooch has been kind of – he's been as advertised, I think, on that end, and he's just been a machine off it. So there's definitely still reasons to watch. And as I said to Ricky, I think, before this this podcast started, I'm surprised that I'm still invested this late into the season. I usually <laughs> – last couple of seasons, it's been easy to check out. Maybe Larry and I doing a show helps helps uh, keep us engaged a little bit more. But I think the Bulls have done a good job too. So all in all, I, I really can't be disappointed, even though there's been a lot of ups and downs.
2: I'll say that. In the the preseason, I bet on the under. I'm not a gambling person, but it was like a novelty. I'm like, yeah, I only throw $5 on my bet, so I'm not exactly a high roller, but I'm like, give me the under. Bulls under 40, 40% winning percentage, I think. And I was feeling really confident about that bet after they got blown out by the Hawks. And I was like, how could they not do anything to the roster? This year is going to be a disaster. Well, right now, even though this bowl season has been pretty damn frustrating uh, when taken in full, I think, and even though the second half has produced a lot more low points than high points, right now they do have a 42.6 winning percentage. So looks like I'm going to lose my 5.0. I think I'll be able to survive. Uh, Jace. I'll speak to you soon, Ricky.
5: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there's still time.
3: Yeah, the end of the season is not—I mean, theoretically, not easy. Again, like so many just rot. I mean, even like the the last Heat game, the Heat didn't have like any guards available. So like, I know they had Jimmy and Bam, and the Bulls did do a nice job actually executing in the fourth quarter, which is nice. I mean, I think just like these last couple games without Zach, I tweeted this last night. Just it's nice that they didn't just like totally roll over and die. Because like after what they lost that first game where they gave up like a million points in the second half to Memphis. I think they were down 11 games under 500 at that point. Like It just kind of felt like it was over, and that they were toast, dead in the water, uh, and that they were just going to just totally fall apart. Uh, and they've kind of come back with a few nice wins, like the Celtics game, the Heat the game last night. Obviously, again, like, I mean, at this point, there's, like, so so many of these games just kind of, like, are, like, almost toss-ups. And I think at bloggable Matt wrote about this today. It's, like, all these teams with just, like, guys missing. And this point in the season is always just so weird. It's, like, you hope the Bulls can win some of these games, even without Zach, even without Troy Brown's been out. Like, you still have Vucevic there. You mentioned Daniel Tice had an amazing game. Kobe's been playing a little bit better lately. Uh, Lowry hasn't been good. But, like, he's been, I guess, fine in his central And, like, they've been doing the, the three-big lineup weird thing again. And it, it worked last night because the Heat were – running like, uh, like Gabe Vincent and Max Drews out there for big minutes, and uh, that was pretty rough for them. And Duncan Robinson got hurt, and Jimmy kind of petered out. But uh, just to stay afloat, I think they're 4-3 and three without Zach, and I, it, like, I would have probably pegged them to be like 2-5 and five without him right now. So the fact that, yeah, that they are still kind of staying in it. Uh, I know the Wizards' schedule is pretty easy the rest of the way. They do play, I think, the Lakers tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, just to like have that chance. And if they don't make it, like it would be disappointing if they don't make the play. But, like, they still have the chance to get that top four pick. So it's like I think we all are just kind of in agreement how it's like whatever happens this season, it happens. Next season is the key. The, you need to do something in the offseason. The next season, going into Zach's flock year, um, you got to be maybe your expectations got to be like four or five seed in the East, something like that, around there. Like I don't know if that's excessive. But, like, next season I think really I think is where the expectations really need to come up. Now we're just kind of like – Let's hope they can finish strong. If they don't, maybe they get lucky in the lottery, and then in the, maybe they do some
2: more stuff in the off season. Yeah, I think that's well said. Uh, I want to talk about Vooch because Vooch has been pretty much kicking ass every game. He's a consistent offensive force essentially every game. In the month of April, he's averaging 22.4 points per game over the month. Since he's come to the Bulls, it's been 18 games now. I believe he's shooting like 45% from three. Now, the team success hasn't always correlated with it. Uh, the Bulls are still 23rd in net rating in the games Vucevic have played. Their first in defensive rebound percentage, where he's certainly had a big impact. Uh, he's, he's a total monster on the glass. Uh You know, a lot of these stats are probably slightly worse than they were before the season, but, uh, you know, you also got to factor in that Levine had the ankle injury. Now Levine's been out for a while. Uh, He has not been the same player that he was in the first half of the season, and I think that that has been the biggest reason why the team hasn't been killing it post-Vucevic trade is that this hasn't been the same version of Levine since, The trade was made. Levine's only shooting 33% from three. Obviously, we know his scoring efficiency was, like, totally out of control when he was named an All-Star. So uh, we still don't really know what the Vooch-Levine pairing looks like. Uh, That stinks, but it's also sort of a reason for optimism amid some poor play because the Bulls really haven't had that foundational two-man game, that they think, is sort of going to, you know, stabilize the team over the next couple of years. So, uh Lero, just curious, Vooch thoughts, what you've seen on him in his first 18 games and uh, just how you're feeling about him right now.
4: Man, Vooch is, like you said, man, just stabilizing, man. He's the, he's the dude you, you come into the game and you know what you're getting. Um, he makes the team better. He's a smart passer. He, I mean, he's just a smart player. Even defensively, I, I, I remember a lot of people were trying to say that he's just basically horrible and you know but if you look at him he's not as bad as what people have been saying you know he, he's positionally he's pretty good um he's you know even in the drop he stays low he's got his hand ready for the for the low pass you know he, he's, he's just really uh sound sound player um but I'd like to go back on what you said about zach um i think him and the and Butch are gonna be fine um, I think he was starting to get back into his uh, his mold, and then COVID hit him. You know, I think he was starting to get, catch a little rhythm. Um, but man, Vooch is is uh, he's a beast, man. I mean, talk about a dude that you know he catches the ball on the block, and somebody you know a double's going to come, but he can still turn around and shoot it over his shoulder. He can make the right pass when you know he's just he's just a you know as advertised on the offensive end, really good rebounder. Um, He makes the team better, man I, I think, we like, it's, we just have to get better around them, man Like, we just have to Because, you know it, It's it's very tough to watch, man It's very tough to watch at some points Because Vooch is out there Doing the best he can, you know He, he turns the ball And, he, you know, the ball ends up And, I don't know I, You know, I don't want to be disrespectful But Denzel's hands And it's like, you know, dude It's like, you know <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. But, you know, it's just, we don't have the guys where, you know, it's just tough, man. But Vooch is, going forward, I'm very optimistic about, about that. And I know people harp on his age of being 30 years old. But, I mean, the dude has a game where, yeah, you know, yeah, he, could nice. be, he could be yeah, just fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, fine, wine, man? You know, he's going yeah, to be just fine. To that point, fine. like,
3: I feel like some people have kind of soured, maybe soured on the trade since it's happened, just since the Bulls, like, haven't before. Like, what have you have you changed? I guess, what were you thinking when they did make the trade? And have you changed your mind at all? Are you still just, like, all for it? Because I know, like, I was super stoked when it happened. I know Ricky, like, he talks about he, he gave the trade a B for the Bulls because he gave up a couple first-round picks. Obviously, they were protected. But still, I mean, that is – a decent investment. You give up Wendell, and Wendell's been pretty solid in Orlando. I think he's slowed down a bit. I mean, the Magic are just a joke. It's hard to judge anybody on the Orlando Magic at this point. But uh, yeah, so it's just like, are you thinking? Have you changed your mind at all about the trade? Or I mean, did you love the trade when it happened? And how are you feeling about it now?
4: Um. So when the trade happened, I was I was stoked. Like just like you, <laughs> I was like, dude, we got a we we have, we've been asking for a guy to be next to Zach forever. We got him. You know. But, the, you know, then I thought about it. I was like, I love Wendell. And I, I think he was getting a lot of heat for, you know, you know the whole, you know, he can't guard in the post. He can't guard. Cover. Guy, you know, <laughs> cover. it's like, you know, but then he, whatever, you know, and, and then now you see him in a, a place where he's confident and he has a coach in Steve Clifford that's really empowering him to be aggressive. And, and, you know, hey, we'll live with your mistakes, but I want you to stay aggressive type deal. But, Dude, Vooch is fine. I knew I, I just had the mindset of okay, we're not gonna be a championship team. You know, we may get to the playoffs, but we're that move to me was to was Ak telling Zach like, hey, dude, we believe in you. Let me get you a a guy that you can run with. You know, and we can keep keep this thing going. And then Chris had brought up a good idea too. I didn't even think about it. Right? Uh, we were talking about it, and he's. I feel like he's trying to build a mini Denver. You know, so like Vooch isn't. Jokic, or it's why But exactly, yeah. exactly, right. But you can throw him at the elbow. You can get him at the top of the key, and he can facilitate. He can, you can cut off of him. I mean, he, you know, hopefully Pat. Um, I'm a big Pat guy. I'm, I'm a huge Pat guy, and I'm not. People have been like kind of, you know, I, I feel like c will see. Red Fred has been on his case. Yeah, <laughs> he's been on his case, but I just feel like he's a guy that he, he's young, man, and I'm not going to say the line I always say, but he's young. And um, he just say the line, Laro. Say it. <laughs> he's only 19, guys. You know there we mean? go. He's, he's only 19. He's going to be the new Jason Tatum. <laughs> That's Jason Tatum, 2 <laughs> Exactly. He, he, I mean, the dude is he – he just handles the ball really well. Um, I think last night you saw a little bit of his flashes of his weak side defense. I, I, I just feel like he played a little bit more – physical yesterday than he has been and it's, it's going to take time he's got to learn the league he's got to learn how people are going to you know guard him and he's got to learn how to guard the other guys he's got to get familiar with it with the league um but Vooch, to go back i'm happy man i'm cool i'm i'm you know I, I hope zach is back in milwaukee so we can get some more you know um ideas some more of an idea of how they're going to look and i think it's a blessing in disguise I mean, I don't want him to have COVID. Don't don't take it this way. But I think it's a blessing in disguise that he was able to he's able to get that ankle all healed up, yeah. and you know, and when he comes back, we'll see what happens.
5: I feel the same as Lero. I mean, I, I was I'm a big one that when. Wendell guy as well, I really thought he got some undeserved hate and was doing a lot better than he was getting credit
3: for. You and Mark were both big. You know, it was funny.
5: It's, <laughs> guys. it's funny because I was never a Wendell guy, but I felt like he got so much hate and flack yeah. for stuff that I, I was constantly defending him and then <laughs> well, spending time <laughs> reviewing his film and stuff. I'm like, you know, he's actually <laughs> pretty, pretty decent. But I said, you know, a lot of fans were like, oh, we'll just trade this guy. He's a bomb. He's a G League guy. I'm like, oh, if you're going to trade a guy in his rookie contract, you better get a long-term replacement in return. And so I thought the price for Vooch was fine. I had no problems, no concerns about Vooch. My, my concerns were the timeline had shifted for the Bulls to be good, and so that affects Pat and that affects Billy Donovan, right? Is Billy Donovan the guy who's going to get you into a deep playoff run as a coach? Because when he came in, it was, hey, let's develop and see what we have in these guys. And he's a good coach for that. But he can't take you to the next level. And then the other thing was Pat. Patrick Williams, 19, one of the youngest rookies this year. And, I mean, he, he shows a lot of flashes. There's a lot of things that he can do for you, but he's not polished at any of them yet. And so the Bulls, by making this move, really want to be good in the next two or three years. And Pat's development is key to that being a success. And then obviously, you know, getting rid of the picks limits your ability to get better players around Booch and Zach. And Booch and Zach need solid defensive players around them. And so, luckily, both of them are on pretty cheap deals. So there's a little bit more wiggle room to, to kind of build around. And Sato and Fad and Garrett Temple have been really great vets. But that's what I'm concerned about this upcoming season is what's the next shoe to drop here? Because the first move I liked, it hasn't panned out completely, but you know it's unfinished. So I, I like the trade at the time, brought up some concerns that haven't been fully resolved yet, but I think, I don't know, fans, we're, we're always so impatient. We want immediate results. We want yeah. Wendell to be a star today. We want Kobe Watt to, to never do a turnover again. We want Patrick Williams to be quiet now. We want Billy Donovan to, you know, fix rotations. We're so impatient. Uh, but I, I really think it's it's coming, and we're not, we're going to be able to judge the trade and the, these moves, you know, a couple of years time.
2: One thing I wanted to say on Donovan, maybe we can talk about him a little bit now, is, remember, he did not want part of a rebuild in Oklahoma City. Like, that was part of the reason the franchise parted ways with him. So I have been wondering if Donovan was the one pushing for the Vucevic trade. And while I did like the Vucevic trade at the time, I do think they gave up a lot to have to give up two first-round picks in Wendell. Even if it was two first-round picks in Markinen, I would feel a little better about it because Wendell probably has more trade value than Lowry. You could flip Wendell for another piece. Or if they were to give up one first-round pick but unprotected, now we don't know how that one's going to work out. Maybe the Bulls will get that lottery luck and we'll be sitting here like, thank God they protected that pick. Uh, But, you know, just a couple things I've been thinking about with Donovan. Uh, I feel like the honeymoon period is over with Donovan among the fan base. I think that is fair to say at this point. Uh, Exactly how good Billy Donovan is is totally up for debate. I think that all of us realize he's significantly better than Jim Boylan ever was. If you watch his press conferences after the games, his press conferences are really enlightening. Uh, He explains the game pretty well. And I think that, you know, there has been a lot of positive things you can attribute to Billy Donovan from this season. I think the way he's used Fad Young has been awesome, in particular. Like, Fad Young is averaging way greater assist percentage than he ever has at any point in his career. Jim Boylan tried to make him a spot up shooter on the arc. Uh, and just the way that they have put Fad in a position to really sort of alleviate the playmaking burden on the guards where they really struggle has been awesome. The ball movement has been awesome uh but there's been some questionable rotation choices too of course the fact that the bulls have been coming out flat in so many of these games lately i think is also a major question mark donovan has to get them prepared to play a good example would be the first game against the heat they switch against everyone and the bulls just didn't really seem like they were prepared for switching defense in the first half of that game uh so let's talk donovan jace you got any you got any thoughts here if not you can direct it to uh I feel like I don't have any, like, hot Billy Diamond takes. I think he's been fine. Like, you
3: mentioned, like, he's obviously an upgrade on Jimbo, who's the, the worst. Uh, but, like, yeah, I mean, I feel like we it's always so easy to like, criticize lineup choices and rotation stuff. That's, like, the easiest thing for fans to criticize because you see it there. It's like, oh, like, I'd, re- I'd much rather play this guy. And we have we all have our guys that we, like, would rather see out there. So, like, that's super easy. I wouldn't say, like, Billy's been, like, super awesome in that area. But, like, and he's had some games where – yeah, it's like, don't play Denzel Valentine. Don't play Ryan Archdiacono. I know we've been trying – getting on, like, the Devin Dotson, the free Devin Dotson train, but, like, I mean, I I do understand. I mean, that's just, like, third point guard stuff, like, whatever. That's really just, like, not not a big deal. I understand why, why coaches love Ryan Archdiacono because he tries so hard. I don't know why he loves Denzel so much, but – uh. I just also just hate Denzel. though. Although I did feel bad about tweeting, just calling him an asshole after he took that shot the other day. I was kind of drunk watching that game and it was just, like, let let that out. But uh, in general, like, Billy's been solid. Like I said, I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's been uh, – he obviously hasn't been awful. I mean, he's the, the, the slow starts have been weird. Like, I mean, that, that Cavs game the other day was just like, how does that happen? Like, how do you come out and play that poorly against the Cavs? But then the next night they came out and blew with the Hornets. Like So it's like, whatever. So I think Billy's been fine. I have no really good Billy Donovan hot takes here, so I'll throw it over. I'll throw it to you, over to you guys. Let's start with you this time, Chris. Billy Donovan takes. Do you have any hot takes or just any general thoughts on our guy Billy D?
5: I mean, as I said earlier in the show, I think he's done a good job of getting the Bulls into offense that makes sense for the players that he's got. He's he's shown that every year that he's been in the league. He's had very different teams every year in Oklahoma City, and now with the Bulls, and even now mid season, he has a very different team. He's done a really good job of adapting on the fly the offensive structure and sets that he runs, so I don't have a, a lot of complaints there. I think on the defensive end, he's a little bit he's been a little bit too reliant on the drop coverages here, in my opinion. Yeah. Now they've kind of hamstrung themselves with Vooch a little bit in playing the drop because Wendell, as we know, he played in Jim Boylan's blitzing system and, and excelled there, and he did pretty well in the drop coverage. He's actually a lot better than people who gave him credit for there. But with Vooch, you're a little bit more limited. But you'd like to see him switch it up, and he does do some of that out out of, like, timeouts, where if he's on the defensive end, he'll switch up the coverage. He'll have he'll have them hedge, or he'll have them trap, or he'll do zone, or he'll do something that kind of blow up the other coach's plays. But for the most part, he's been pretty kind of vanilla, I would say, as the coach. Like, he's not hurting you out there, but he's not really giving you a sizable advantage. Now, that may change when he's got, you know – a, a full off-season roster that's more catered to his style, but I don't. I'm kind of with you, Jason. I don't really have such like a great hot take for him. He's yeah, just been kind of gonna, like pretty good.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was also going to say like it was kind of a tough position for him to come in with threading the needle of we need to, we want to develop these young guys, but also like we do have Zach like playing really well. We have Stad Young playing great, so like trying to thread the needle of like, well, do we develop and like how much do we play Lowry? How much do we play? Wendell and Kobe, and like obviously he gave Kobe a lot of rope at the start of the season, and now Kobe's back in the starting lineup. And he's been a little better with Zach out, but it had like trying to thread that needle. this the development versus playing vets, winning games that can be tough, tough to pull off when you're when you don't necessarily like pick a lane. And obviously with the Vucevic trade, that did trend more to picking that lane. And I think before Zach went down, I'm Kobe was playing terribly. He was getting fewer minutes. Like, Lowry was getting fewer minutes. So they were clearly going to, like, we're going to try to win games. We're going to play the vets. I know Thad Young's minutes have come down, which has been kind of weird. I, Ricky, I feel like you brought, you might have brought that up recently about Thad playing less. But he's been kind of – he's playing Daniel Tice a lot instead. And, like, Daniel Tice has been really solid. So, like, I mean, I understand that as well. So, obviously, now they are doing, going more towards, like, the win now thing. But before, I mean, Billy did have to try to – whatever, stood that needle, and it was kind of tough. And it was, I think he did, like I said, an okay job at it, not great, not awful. And, I mean, that just kind of bears itself out with where the Bulls have been. They've got a mediocre to bad record. Like, their net rating is, like, minus one, like mediocre, like, not awful. Uh, they've obviously had some epic collapses, of, like, reminiscent of the boiling years, which have been disappointing. But uh, they've also had some a few nice comebacks and some nice wins out in there as well. So, like, yeah, it's just kind of like, sure, he's been fine. Lara, what do you think?
4: Um, for, for me, man, like, again, same with you guys, man. Uh, people criticize the rotations. I have been one as well. But the thing is, is, like, he's, <laughs> he doesn't have much to work with. So he's got to try things. You know what I mean? So it's not like we have Trevor Ariza or, or somebody on the bench that he's not playing. Then I could, you know, whatever. But there's not much on the bench that he can really, like, attack with. The only thing that I have a problem with is, and it's not even that big of a deal. Like you said, it's a third point guard thing is that I would like to see Devon Dotson get minutes because his, to me, I feel like his strength is something that could help us, uh, applying, you know, so like Ricky, you know, you know, you probably, you know, wrote about him and things like that is like, I feel like his ability, cause there's sometimes when we try to run the double drag, delay, pick and roll, there's d- different things that they try to do. And sometimes like, like, against the Miami, they just switched everything. So it's not really, you're not really getting anything, you know? Um, uh, you sometimes you need a guy that just breaks somebody down off the dribble and 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 apply pressure rim pressure, and I, I really feel like Devon can do that. I, I I don't know you know again we don't know if he can do it at the NBA level yet because I, I feel like he hasn't had the chance. But every time he's had minutes, he, it's been pretty positive. And I, I feel like you know what's what's what what would it hurt giving him Ryan Archer Diakno's minutes for a game and just just seeing what it could be, you know. um, I mean, the dude's an All-American. It's not like he's just some scrub, you know what I mean? Like, give him give him a chance, see what he can do. But then again, like Cap said, I mean, you know, who knows how he's playing in practice. Maybe he's just that bad in practice that he just can't receive any minutes. Um, but, you know, like I said, Billy is dealing with, a, you know, COVID, not having a lot of practices. Didn't have an off-season to build his program the way he wants to build it. You know, getting Tice, getting Troy Brown and and, and trying to implement everybody in and, and still win. Like you said, Jason, like still try to win, you know, um and develop, you know, so it's like it's tough, man. So I can't really knock Billy like that. man. I'm not going to sit up here and say Billy sucks and we need to get him out of here. That's not that's not it. I think Billy I think Billy's fine.
2: Uh, the only thing I'm going to say with the Dotson love is I feel like that ship has sailed at this point in the season. They're fighting yeah. for the opportunity to continue their season. There's 11 games left. But yeah, I mean, I fully agree with everything you said there. I think Dotson would have been a really good fit just based on the skill set. For mm-hmm. what currently ails the team, mm-hmm. Jason? I also
3: just don't want to see Archie Jackson anymore. I know he tries hard. I just like don't want to see him play. Like he just doesn't do anything. Like you mentioned, just like like when you're when teams switch. I mean, he's just not going to put any pressure on the defense. I know he's like a decently smart player. He tries hard. Again, he's like a decent. I don't. I would say he's a decent shooter. He has been. I think this year he's been awful. But like, I'm just sick of seeing him playing. Like you're trying to win games. I just don't want to see him. Don't want to see him out there anymore. But I, I think I do agree. Like. That, I mean, this is like backup QB syndrome thing as well, which we know all too well in Chicago. But like, yeah, at this point in the season, it would be tough just to just be like, "Here, Dodson, go play some of these huge minutes." And like, these games we have to win. Like, that—that that is hard. That is hard. That is a hard sell for a coach. I get it. I just can't stand watching Archie Jackson
2: play anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's so many guys on this team I never want to see play another minute. The rest of my life. Denzel, obviously. <laughs> the Twitter <laughs> threat going around today about Denzel's lowlights was. Like that was like some of the best shit I've ever seen. That really cheered me up. So Alicia was on the roster still. Why? Alicia,
4: wait, wait a minute. There, there's a, a lowlights Denzel tweet. I, I need to see this. You haven't seen this? I haven't seen. I haven't seen this yet.
5: All right, let me let me go out on a crazy limb here for a second. I'm not I'm not into the Denzel. Like, like the the poor man is just getting dragged <laughs> on your <Twitter> face. <laughs> all day. Really and bad. Is, He he has some low he has some decisions that, that really make you question like he was so bad the other night that Fred had to just log off the internet uh, for the night. He was like, Okay, I'm done. But, you know, just two Miami games ago he was also a big reason why we we're in that game late. I know he took the stupid thirty foot, <laughs> uh, you know, thirty footer with fifty seconds left on the clock. We were down five, but you know, he, he's he is feast or famine for sure. So I think with those types of players, you really need to keep them on a short leash. And so I, I would place more of the. Of the blame for that on Billy Donovan and how he utilizes them and for how long yep. then Denzel, because we know what Denzel's gonna do, and if Billy Donovan doesn't know what Denzel's gonna do at this point, then we got a problem. Um yeah. So <laughs> I gotta sit on that. numbers.
2: Looking at Denzel's numbers. They're bad. They're bad. They're hilarious. So he's <laughs> played nine hundred and forty-four minutes on the year. How many free throws do you think he's attempted in nine hundred and forty-four minutes? Nine, eight, eight or nine? He's fourteen. He's thirteen and fourteen from the line, so he's just not getting to the free throw line at all. He never has. He's one of the better shooters on the team. I mean, he's, I think,
5: only,
4: he's yeah. under
2: thirty three percent. He's only shooting thirty two percent
5: three, and he that's crazy. And he's hit. he was he was a lot better earlier in the year. It dropped he, a bunch. He, he, was, he, now he started like he started forty for like thirty. Right. Yeah.
2: And then he's really picking guys. Nice. His true shooting is forty eight and a half percent, which is fucking terrible. So the league average is fifty seven. Yeah. So and that's, that's uh, like it's supposed uh, to be like his yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. so, thing. I was gonna say that Heat game was basically just like the quintessential Denzel. He had he goes on a heater to like get you back in a game. You leave him out there too long, and then he makes and then he thinks he's Steph Curry and he tries to win the game with an absolute. I mean, it, it's just the perfect Denzel. That sums Denzel Valentine up perfectly. He gets hot, you leave him out there too long, and then he does that and he loses the game.
2: We've seen quick poll for all four of us. Over under number of games Denzel Valentine plays after this season is completed in the NBA. Boy, I think 15, he'll stick. Around. I think he'll stick around somewhere. You're saying over? I'll say over. What He's about the over under?
5: And I think I think I'd take the over. Although if China offers him a really good deal, it might be zero.
2: <laughs> and maybe his rap career will blow up, and then <laughs> you, you know he can just. He can just find a second. I
3: think he's got, like, just enough skills, and he hits, like, just enough threes where someone will, like, give him a chance on, like, a minimum, and, again, you use him if you need, like, a guy to come in and chuck up some shots for you, he can get some yeah. minutes. Uh, he's, he's not, like, totally awful. He's just, like, when he's awful, he's really awful, but then he has his moments, and, like, those moments will be, like, just enough to, like, keep him around on, like, the end of benches somewhere, and... They'll keep it around. You
5: want to know a depressing, depressing opinion I've got is I think that Denzel is probably still the most gifted passer on the team.
3: I don't think that is crazy. <laughs> I mean, I maybe argue that this year, the way that, I mean, I mean, obviously, Denzel is a little he's been
5: more productive. Yeah. But I think I think Denzel is actually a gifted passer. He just has the mentality <laughs> yeah. that drives you
2: crazy. <laughs> that's fair. I was a big I fan of Denzel as a college good. player. Sorry. Go ahead, Larry. Oh,
5: yeah. No,
4: no. Um, I was just going to say, um, for me, it's over. because, it, But it depends on what coach it's going to be. Because if he has a coach that, like you guys said, like, in okay, Denzel, you're only getting 14 minutes tonight, bro. Okay, that's it. You get in there, and do your job. You know, I've seen what you did in Chicago. That I ain't flying, okay? But we think you can help, right? But um, and it's so tough, man. I'm not gonna try to be that guy, but I'm gonna go with over. Just, I just had to get that in there. I'm gonna go with over. All
2: right, one thing I think we should hit. Well, we haven't talked about Kobe yet. We haven't talked about Pat yet. So we'll just make it a dealer's choice. If you guys want to talk about it. either of them, both of them, whatever you're feeling, uh. Let's talk about Kobe. Kobe's played a little better lately. I'll give him a little credit. Let's talk about Kobe. So I got a Kobe stat that I've been meaning to tweet, but I haven't tweeted it yet. Let me see if I can pull it up here. I deem this the most believable Kobe White stat there is. On zero dribbles this season, Kobe White is shooting 36.1% from three. On one dribble, he's shooting 22.2% from three. And on two dribbles, he's shooting 7.1% from three. And quite frankly, that matches the eye test. Now, this is where you get your media narrative because I, actually on like four and five dribbles, he's a pretty good shooter. But to me, it just makes sense. But like on the catch and shoot, the guy can really shoot the ball. When he puts the ball on the deck... Uh, It's not just that he struggles to hit pull-up jumpers. It's that you just can't really trust him to make decisions every time down the floor. But I do think there is a role in which Kobe White could probably be successful. Again, he's 21 years old. Uh, I, I don't think I mentioned this yet, but... He, his brother was on Mark's podcast, Bulls HQ, Will White, and his brother really knows his shit. He was talking about it from a coaching perspective. I would urge everyone to go listen to Mark's episode with Will White, also on the Blue Wire Network, so we can shout him out. Uh, that was a really good interview. Kobe, in general, I think has been just super frustrating to watch this season, but uh, there's reasons for it, right? Like, he never had to handle this level of playmaking burden before. Uh I think, you know, just, like, different role, uh, the pandemic. You can you can point to a lot of different things for why he's potentially struggled. But he's really good at catching and shooting. How are we feeling about Kobe currently? He's played a little bit better without Zach. I don't know if that's encouraging or not encouraging for what the Bulls need long term. And do you think he's on the team next year? Because he could be a, a decent chip to flip if we're talking about getting more two-way players in here. So, I'll just have that as an open discussion. Larry, you can start.
4: Uh, for like beginning of the season, definitely down on Kobe. Yes. Um, yep. but as of you know, recently, um, I'm actually like I'm getting a little bit optimistic about him because you know you then you have to remember like it's a new role. Um, and then for, I I. I'm a high school basketball nut, so I followed Kobe for a long time, just watching his highlights. And listening to Will, he said, you know, dude, Kobe had to score 30-40 to try to win in high school, you know. And I think a lot of times, when you know, when you get into, like, situations, pressure situations, you revert back to what you're used to, you know. And when the team needs a solid possession or we need to come down and, and flip momentum, I think Kobe is just so used to just from his basketball career of just being a score and like, I got to go get a bucket, you know, because that's just how he's always been. So I think just from trying to change his mindset and, and become more of a playmaker, um, I, I'm I'm impressed, man. I, um, The low turnovers have been nice. I know he had six against Miami the first, uh, what was that? First half he had six, was that? It was really he was really bad in that first half. Yeah, and he only had three last game, so it's like, you know, I, that's what I looked for. I tweeted out, I wanted to see how he did against the switching defense. Um, now that he's seen it, and um, I, for me, I, I feel like he did better. He kept the, the um, turnovers down. When they 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 blitzed him. He kind of made the extra pass. I shouldn't say blitz because they were playing a lot of zone. But whenever he saw two, he made the extra pass, and they kind of just played from there. And he, he just made the right decisions. Um, and I think he's taking the right shots. Um, now he's not. I, I feel. I kind of feel like he's not chucking like he was before. I feel like he's ma- taking the right shots. Um. So I, I'm kind of up on Kobe. Um. I, now if he's gonna be here, I don't know. I can't say. <laughs> I, I I can't. I can't be 100. percent You know, he might be a great piece if he continues to show progression. Some team may say, you know, what, we'll take him, and, and you know, the package might. You know, who knows? But if I had to guess.
5: I'd say he won't be here. So I I agree with Larry on a lot of aspects. Kobe, I think, was thrust into probably the most difficult role this season on the team because, I don't know, it's been said by many, many people, but point guard is one of the most difficult positions to learn in the NBA, and that's for people who are already pretty gifted as point guards, and that's what got them to the NBA. And Kobe was not that guy. Um, he's much more of a scorer and much less of a, of a facilitator and, and playmaker. And we actually had Evan Zautra on, on Bulls 101 on Saturday, and we're talking about basketball feel and that I basketball IQ, slowing the game down, making the right reads. And pattern recognition is, is one of the, the keys to it. And so I think throwing Kobe out in this role has been really good for him to get him in those situations that he can recognize it and get better. And he has improved in a lot of areas, I think, in his playmaking. He's still not at the level that we would need him to be to be a starting point guard by any stretch of the imagination. But Will also said on the podcast that, you know, when he sees these different defenses, he's a quick learner. He'll see you the next time. So he got kind of – he got a little surprised by it in the first Miami game. He played better the second Miami game. So I think the more reps that he's getting, it's definitely not going to hurt him in his career to get those reps as the playmaker. We saw how long it took Zach Levine to become a decent playmaker. He's been really, really fantastic this year, especially um, in like trap situations, getting the ball out to the right person. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes that stuff is not very natural. And I think for Kobe, he's really had to work hard at it. I don't know about you guys, but there are certain subjects in school I was really just – I had an affinity towards and others I didn't. Like math was never my thing, and I could I could do well in math, but I really had to, to hustle and work hard at, at math to, to make it happen. I think Kobe's kind of in that situation where he's naturally a scorer, naturally just wants to get a bucket, but he's really had to grind and work hard, and he's got the right attitude and work ethic, I think, to, to get it done. At least that's what Billy Donovan has been saying all year about him. So I, he's definitely had an up-and-down season, and I think there's a lot of reasons to be pessimistic about him as a starting point guard. But I think overall in his development, the year has been really, really good for him. And I think with the fall offseason and a more defined role on a team next year, I think he'll, I think we'll see a big jump from him. As far as whether he's going to be on the team or not, I kind of feel like he's going to be the victim of next season's mid trade <laughs> for some reason. I just have that that gut feeling like he's going to impress to begin the year, and then they're going to flip him for something.
3: Yeah, I think a big thing is just, like, him and Zach together. Uh, it was obviously, like, he's playing better without Zach. And, like, before, right before that, before Zach went out, like, he was, I mean, he was off. He was he was almost unplayable in some of those games. I think it was, I brought up the last time, like, the Magic game where he came in and played one of the worst stints like, of the season. Uh and it was absolutely – I think he barely played much at all. It was brutal. And then, like, Zach goes out, and, like, he, that first Grizzlies game, he was he had a huge game. And, like, he's, I know the shooting is still kind of an up and down. Like, his shooting performance wasn't great in this second Heat game. But he did hit a couple big threes down the stretch when they were down seven. looked like they were going to lose. He hit those two huge threes, and, like you said, the turnovers are down. So, just like in general, he's just been kind of just a little bit more comfortable as a starting point guard. But, again, without Zach. So, I've, when Zach does come back, I think that will be – It'll be very interesting to see if he can keep playing better or like and what how much he plays, what role he's playing. Uh, I wonder if like that will go into like what what do they do moving? Like, I'm definitely skeptical about the Zach Kobe like starting backcourt thing. I guess especially with Vucevic. like with Zach and Vucevic as your two guys, like can Kobe White be your starting point guard? And then you have Pat. I mean you'd have to find just like a real stud, stud wing, I guess. Uh so definitely skeptical about that. I would I think I would guess he's still on the team to start next season. I'm also just like a I'm so bad about predicting like moves and stuff like that. And I'm just like always trend like conservative, like, oh no, they're not gonna give up give up on yet. But like obviously I didn't expect the AK ch- or the booster trade to happen. Um so I don't know. Like I would lean towards he's staying, but I mean obviously I would be totally fine if they looked to look to move him. Um <clears throat> Ricky, I think you said we should probably wrap it up here and that's probably we've been going on for a while here. I'm trying we've basically touched on I I think my last thing was where are you guys are at are you guys out on as out on Lowry as we probably are? We're like done with him at this point. He's been a little better lately. Like I know he doesn't play much. Uh I know Billy was talking about how he doesn't like how he wants to get him more minutes, but it's hard when like your your other uh, like best players. So like right now it's Daniel Tice has been great. And daddy is young has been great. So it's like, how do you like juggle minutes and like get Lowry in there? Like I said, Lowry has been fine. Like his, I know his plus minus as like a bench guy has been a lot better. Like his, his, his numbers himself. again, they've been like, he has games where he just doesn't do much. His shooting has been like fine. Like it seems like he's kind of settling into maybe this is like what he'll, his role will be in the NBA. Just like as a, just a bench gunner does, he's not going to give you that much else, but like he can hit open shots. Uh, his rebounding is, like, whatever, his defense is whatever, but, like, if he can just come off the bench and hit three-pointers for you, like, that he can stick around for a long time, but, like, I just don't know if that's on the Bulls, given what else they need, given this core of the team. So I think at this point, me and Ricky would both be very surprised if he's on the roster next year. What do you guys think? Larry, let's go with you first.
4: Um, <clears throat> yeah, man, I, I don't think he'll be here next year. Uh, Lowry is frustrating because... Me personally, I see a seven-footer that has things that he can br- that he can bring more, you know. And I, I just wonder what it is that's holding him back. Maybe I'm just too optimistic about him. But like I just see a guy. I've seen him put it on a deck to attack closeouts. I've, I, I mean, you know, I've seen him go up and grab rebounds with some, you know, authority. But you know, like what what is it that's holding him back? Is he just not? Maybe he's just not that guy. But I, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't think he'll be here, man. And uh, he If he's not making threes, he's not really helping you. And we need more than that. We we don't have enough room for, uh, you know, Davis pertons. So, uh, I, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't think he'll be here.
5: I gotta agree. I just I don't I don't know how they can keep him at this point. Do You see the the upgrades they have to make at the wing and at point guard. And there's just not enough cap space to do it. If you keep Lowry, his his cap hold is huge. The type of money he's looking to get in free agency has always been uh, a little bit too much for AK's taste. They were $4 million a year apart in extension negotiations. And there's a lot of teams with cap space this summer that could probably use them, like the Spurs or the Kings or, you know, the Knicks. And who knows? But there's some teams out there I think could want him. So I think the Vuce trade really kind of set up his – superfluousness on the team because Vooch is like the actualized version of what we wanted Lowry to be. And so I think I agree with Jason that the role you really want him to excel on is off the bench as a four or as a small ball five next to a guy like Thad, next to a guy like Tice, where he can really, you know, play, play the mismatch, play against lesser units, show us that sweet shooting that's finally come around this year. But you know it'd be great at seven million what he's making right now, but he's not going to make seven million. So if you told me that we could get Larry Markman off the bench next year for seven million, I'd say sure, keep him. But this is not going to happen, and they have so many more upgrades to make, and we're so much heavier on front court talent than back court talent at this point that I just don't think it's feasible.
3: Yeah, and obviously there's, like, the, the Tice thing, too. Like, I mean, I know, like, I think Casey wrote about that after his huge game. Like, what, I mean, what's going to happen with him? Like, I'm curious to see, like, what his market's going to be like. Like, it would be great to bring Daniel Tice back. But, like, again, with, like, if they want to go get Alonzo Ball or something else with, like, that cap space, like, they'd hit, they're they limited in what they can offer Daniel Tice. And, like, I mean, you probably got to prioritize, prioritize Tice. Over Lowry. If you were to like choose uh, between the two of them, like I'm probably taking Daniel Tice over Lowry. But you obviously you can't even give him give him that much money at this point. So it will definitely be very interesting uh, to see just what direction they go. I mean, I, do you guys want Daniel Tice back? I'm assuming I feel like he's like the uh, apple of Bowl fans' eyes these days. He's actually like he plays hard. He's actually tough. Uh, and like it's just like he's just kind of fun to watch because again he's just like it's a hard-nosed player and like the, I think on this roster when we've dealt with like Lowry just doesn't really play tough and like uh, just bringing that toughness is nice Chicago tough that kind of guy it's been nice and like it would be great to bring him back I just
2: I don't know if it's gonna happen I would bring him back but I don't love him playing with Vucevic right yeah yeah the backup five yes, not is. as a starting four yes I agree with so him. I mean he's probably. I mean, he's a top-30 center, I would say, pretty comfortably. Like, he was a solid starting center for Boston. Obviously, they did want to move on from him. Part of that was they didn't want to pay the luxury tax. Part of it was they wanted to open up some minutes for Robert Williams. But, uh, I don't know. Like, Tyson was a monster in the last game. <laughs> it's just nice to have another good player on the team. The sort of an unfortunate thing about this team is that all the good players are big. So you can't really play them together. Uh so I would say I'm not totally as gung-ho as some fans are in terms of bringing back Tice. I think he's awesome, though. I would be happy if they brought him back. But I think that, you know, the team just has bigger needs in terms of needing a big guard, needing a big wing, needing another wing. Uh, they got some major roster construction issues on the team. They don't have a ton of money to fix them with. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Certainly, Tice has been uh, hes hes no doubt a good player, though.
4: You know what's funny is I think Chris said it. Um, is how are we how do we not have that much money to spend? It feels like all of our stars, like both our stars, are like underpaid, and it's like. I, I, it, but anyway, um, no, Tice, Tice is uh. It's fun because yeah.
5: Alfredo Camino makes ten uh, million. That's true. Uh, yeah. You know, that's it. That's the one we got. We got to wave him or, or stretch him or something. Man. Hey man, that's back on teeth,
4: man. He's just out there chilling, man. You know, but um, <laughs> no, but Tyce, man, I like watching him because he he's, he brought he brings that element um, of that communication. You you see him communicating on the back end. You see him being in the right spots defensively. Um, he, he just he's just a good piece, man. He's a if we don't, if we don't, if we don't have enough money to bring him back. I mean, I know there's going to be teams fighting over him to get him to play backup center. I mean, he, he's just too good. Um, he, he's a pretty good passer. He, you know, he rebounds well. He offensively. I mean, you saw what he could do. You know, when he's filling it, he can knock down threes. He's got a mid-range jump shot. When you know, if you're playing draw, you know, it's just, you know, we'll see, man. But I, I would like to bring him back. But he, he's fun. He's fun. Um, he's he's. A nice touch, man. Like you said, Chicago tough blue collar. You know, we love guys. But like but you know, we love them, brother. We love guys yeah. like that, man. You know,
5: the problem is there though that the backup center, the backup center market is usually pretty cheap. Yeah. Like we could, it's probably he's probably at a position where it's easier replaceable with someone that makes less yeah. money. As much as I think he's been really, really great. As Ricky said, I think we got way bigger needs that we really need to spend the, the cap space on or the MLE on. So we'll see how it goes, but love to have him back. He's been uh, <laughs> well-needed on the defensive end for sure. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Nice to have
3: him yeah, back. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I think that's a good point to uh, stop here. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, let's have you guys shout out anything you want to. Obviously, you got the Bulls 101 pod, but uh, let you guys shout out your Twitter, any other work you want shouted out. The floor is yours.
5: Lara always makes me do this. <laughs> <laughs> so you can follow me at KLA Hoops on Twitter. You can follow Laro at underscore Laro Hoops. Uh, we are on the Barroom Network. That's at Barroom Network on Twitter. We are on every Saturday night. It's a little bit different of a podcast. You can listen to it in audio form, but we do have live video every Saturday night at 11 p.m. Central. We try and do some film breakdown, some graphics and stuff. We try to have guests on. Um, so it's just a little bit of a different flavor. If you, uh, you know all the flavors you want from the Chicago Bulls.
4: So. I promise you, you will not have to do that next next time we are a guest on someone's <laughs> podcast. I promise you, I will step up to the plate. <laughs> it's your turn, man. <laughs>
3: Oh man! Well, thank you so much again, guys. This was awesome. It was great to have you on. We'll have to do it again in the future, hopefully. And hopefully, uh, the rest of this Bulls season uh, goes well. And if it doesn't, we'll pray for that lottery, that lottery pick, that top four pick. Uh, so for us here at Cash Considerations, again, we will be doing a locker room podcast after Bulls next. Again, not national TV. Again, I'm mad online about it. It's garbage. I don't know why they knock a sweet Bulls game, bulls next game off national TV. We don't get like any national TV games anymore like this, so they're taking that away from us. I'm still kind of hoping Bulls-Raptors uh, that Thursday, that maybe could be the return of the TNT Bulls. But I was looking at the schedule. I feel like it's not going to be. But, uh, again, yeah, so we'll be on locker room tomorrow night. I believe that game's at 6.30, so that'll be probably around 9, 9.30. We'll be doing the pod. We'll be talking about the game. Bulls, since it's Bulls-Knicks, Tom Thibodeau, Derek Rose, Tom Gibson. Hopefully, it's a lot of fun. Hopefully, the Bulls do pull out a win. The Knicks have been playing great. They just did have their uh, their non-game winning streaks streak snapped, but I mean, they're up at like the what are they the four or five seed right now? So they've been pretty awesome. So the Bulls going to MSG and getting a win would be pretty huge tomorrow, especially since they just they need as many wins as they can get to, for this play and stuff. So. Yep, so we'll be doing that tomorrow. Uh, again, as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network, Blue Wire Pod. Check out all the other great pods as well, in addition to Cash Considerations. For us, please rate and review us. Wherever you get your pods, give us that five star rating. We're Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Uh, my Twitter uh, is at Bulls underscore J. Ricky's at SB underscore Ricky. So we will talk to you guys next time tomorrow after Bulls next and Cash Considerations. ish. has is the Bulls Podcast. Thanks again to Larry and Chris. Talk to you guys next time.